of internet, you're tuned in to episode 65 of the Video Games Pals, the greatest show on the internet where a group of lifelong gamers get together to talk about video games and news and how it all makes us feel. Pete, our usual host, is gone this week, so I'm his ever-present co-host and antagonist and your ever-present co-host and not antagonist, Andy Brown, <laughs> joined today, as always, by the edge marquee himself, Mr. Robert Thompson. I've been upgraded in the nobility, thanks. <laughs> Uh, what's next? Do you become the Edge Baron? Uh, maybe an Edge Duke, possibly. I, I would like to be a Duke at some point. A Viscount at best. <laughs> you look like a Duke. That's what I'm saying. You gotta channel Dracula, you know? That's what it is. Okay. See, Count even. You say Duke, I see more Skeletor with hair. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one, actually. What if Skeletor wasn't bald? Well, there you go. And with us today, as always, is the Guildmaster, Mr. Sean Bartley. How you doing, Sean? Hello, hello. I am doing well. Excited to talk about video games another week. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Something Pete so hasn't guys... done. <laughs> Damn. It's a minute in and you're already going for the heart. <laughs> hey, this is two in a row. I, I mean, like it. It's a little, uh, you know, host. What is it? <laughs> Gotta be Oof. present to be the host. Yeah, right? Let the fans it's know. True. The people have spoken. People have spoken. And what the people want to know, Thompson, is how are you liking No Man's Sky? Yeah, right? That's the thing. So I I feel like we've talked about this game up and down, sideways, left, right. It doesn't matter. Uh, none of us have really like sunk our teeth into it, so I, I did it. And uh, I happened to jump in after like this next update, so I'm not sure what it added. <laughs> so I'm jumping in like at the, you know... <laughs> The, the best point to jump in right and it was on sale too and uh and then i had steam money so like uh, i didn't really pay for it but uh there was a purchase yes um so for barring the fact that i didn't drop 60 on this this game is pretty great um i gotta say i'm having fun with it the multiplayer is really fun actually uh i i've i i've killed a lot of npcs um <laughs> really faster than i thought i would um because like I started up on a really shitty planet, so I went over to this next planet that had uranium, and I was like, "Well, yeah, uranium must be good, right?" No, bullshit. It also had salt. Everybody wants salt, so I'm become a salt merchant, and then I realized I can make like a bajillion dollars making salt, right? Then I right. realized I could refine the salt into chlorine. Everybody wants chlorine, apparently. It's even more, you know. So the merchants around there, all the ships had chlorine. I was like, "What if I just sit outside the path and blow them up? I don't even got a mine." What is it? And so you be. You became Robert Skeletor Thompson, the chlorine pirate. Yeah, <laughs> I suppose. Uh, but, you know, I'm just selling the chlorine back to the market, making money and buying ships. So, like, you know, hey, you know, that's great. What's, what's fun, too, is, like I said, the multiplayer. So I'm doing all this bullshit, and uh, our friends are just mining and building and doing, you know, good stuff. And here I am, like, dripping with, like, you know, 10 million credits after two days. <laughs> so That's a lot of credits. Yeah, I'm becoming a money baron or something. I don't know what I'm doing. But... I just, I'm getting loot, and then I'm going to go from there and then buy the biggest FU ship I can find. Uh, it's kind of like how I used to play Wing Commander Privateer back in the day, so. If you've ever played that game, you might enjoy this, too. I have not. Me neither. But I will. Oh, yeah. shit, dude. Wing Commander was on DOS, and they used to have, like, the old school, like, uh, uh, Red Alert, you know, like, live-action cut sequences and shit, and, like, yeah. the old Command & Conquer ones. Yeah. They used to do that, but back on, like, DOS, you know what I'm saying? Like, that was, you know, and, uh, one of my favorite lines ever came from Wing Commander 4, the price of freedom is eternal vigilance. Uh, I, I absolutely have lived by that since I was like nine. <laughs> so, so like, yeah, there's a movie called Wing Commander. It's not great, but 
it follows the first game story almost to a T. As far as a video oh, game damn. adaptation goes, so it's very it's it's pretty good for adaptation, but a shitty movie. That's fair. I guess when you're not working with great source material, it's that ain't great. Hard. Mark Hamill though is the main guy, so you know, in in the what? in all the Wing Commander games, right in the cut sequences, everything he's uh he's there too. So that one, okay, that, then. no, 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 I don't know if that one's true. Actually, he's in he's in like one of them, uh, but I don't know if he's in all of them. But yeah, seriously though, Wing Commander is fucking stupid fun. <laughs> Wing Commander is stupid fun, and No Man's Sky gives you Wing Commander vibes. So it is does. that the Thompson seal of approval? Hey on man, no man's sky next don't buy it for 60 but like i got it for the sale right now and i think that's lasting for like one more day for 30 so like go for it for 30 hell yeah if you got friends especially if you don't have friends 30 you're asking for a lot <laughs> you gotta have 30 dollars yeah, for... yeah i mean friends. 30 no 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 like i'm saying i wouldn't get the game if you didn't have like it for like for like 60 it's probably worth it if you and a couple of friends get it but if you're just by yourself yeah 30 Oh, so okay, so you could spend sixty dollars on it, yeah. but only if you have friends. It's a, it's it, you know, it's up your alley, but that's my suggestion. So, but if you have no friends, then you should spend less money. Yeah, because it's a solo experience; it'll die out quicker for you. That's that's sound logic. I feel. Yeah, <laughs> there's logic. It's just like it just doesn't. That is not. That doesn't sound good. Like I don't know. What's it's like? What's worth your money? You know what I mean. Well, yeah, that's true. But that's like if I tell you, hey, this game's great, but only get it on sale. Well, that's what I'm saying. I'm not giving this a 10 out of 10. It's not like, it's great fun, but like, you know, it's more fun with friends, for sure. And like, as a solo game, I'm not going to play it till like next year, so. So when will you play it until? I don't know, maybe like another month or so, you know, on and off. Wow. So you went from not next, not till next year to only hey one month in the future. <laughs> I, for me, that's big because I'm gonna drop probably like 200 hours in in that next month. You know what I mean? So like, are there even 200 hours in in, in the one month? Yeah, probably. Right? There's like, there's I don't like even a know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I there's think... like 24 hours in a day and seven days in a week, so therefore there's already like close enough. So like uh, napkin math dictates that there's plenty of time to do it, especially when you're a lazy bastard sometimes. So, you know, that that helps a lot. Also, Sean, I don't know if you've ever seen Thompson's Steam library, but he puts a staggering amount of hours into the video games he's into. I yeah. haven't. I Oh, Lord. I, I talk about Hearts of Iron a lot. I just broke like 900 hours in that. So, yeah, like what? that's scary. <laughs> yeah, dude, Civ Five. I have 1800 hours in. So... I mean, that's been out for like five years, but Hearts of Fire and I've only had for a year. Yeah, and so... like, that's only two games of Civ Five, too. Yeah, that doesn't count the other ones before it. If you looked at like uh, the, the Warhammer game, sorry, from like Dawn of War, it was like Dawn of War 1 and then Dark Crusade. And like, I don't count Winter Assault because my disc got broken early on. But like all of them, I had like 300 each. And then like, it, it just then I got it on Steam and then I got like another 500 in Dawn, uh, Dark Crusade again. So like that game's like probably 2000 hours altogether. You know, it, that's what I'm saying. No Man's Sky is not like a 2,000 hour game for me. <laughs> yeah. Check out yeah. my Steam library if you want to cry. <laughs> so so the official Thompson blurb I'm going to take away from this for No Man's Sky is. Don't spend $60 on it if you're by yourself. I will probably only put 600 hours into it. So that's not worth your sixty bucks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, close enough. You're you're pretty much nailing, you know, not 
the head of the nail, but the side of it. You're you're hammering. I like it. All right, Sean, you playing anything new? Uh, actually, I cracked open Zelda Breath of the Wild. Oh shit! Yes, oh, yes. that's a big one. Yeah. Um. So obviously, there's a lot of hype surrounding this game. I haven't played a modern Zelda game since uh boy what's it called i think it was was it called twilight princess it was the one for the wii yep that's the one okay i played that for about 30 minutes uh total ever oh wow yeah and it was okay uh but that's the extent of my playing modern zelda games uh so it's been a while obviously and jumping into breath of the wild i was pretty excited and so far, about an hour and change in, it's fun. Uh, I've I played it for an hour, but I probably did like fifteen minutes worth of story content because as soon as I was able to be in the open world, I just started trying to go kill stuff. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think everyone did. So nothing wrong with that. Yeah, uh, I I was able to acquire a stick, and I saw some pig creatures. Maybe they weren't pigs. I don't know. They're like moblins or something, I think. Yeah, and I just tried to fight them. I I died, uh, <laughs> and that was fun. And then I came back, and I was able to acquire. I don't know. I got a. I got an axe or something. Like it, it's just so fun. It reminds me of Tomb Raider in a lot of ways because you have to find these items and cook and sleep and do all these different things. Um, so I love those aspects of the game and it, it encourages you to explore, which I always love. Um, and you never know what kind of secrets you're going to find, right? I saw a patch of leaves somewhere and I thought, oh, that's suspicious. So then I set it on fire and there was some weird creature under there, you know? Um, so there's just so much to do and that's a lot of fun. I love that. Uh, and the gameplay is also a lot of fun. I, I, I found the controls to be a little weird, at least with how you kind of turn the camera and whatnot. Um, but I'm also using the Joy-Cons. I don't, I'm not using the actual base. So, okay. okay. How do you guys play your Switch? Do you use the base or do you use the Joy-Con? The untethered Joy-Cons are the controller I've been waiting my whole life for. Because I love to just spread out and sprawl on a couch if I'm playing video games on a couch. <laughs> and so the, the fact that I can like have my one arm out here and my other arm like that is great for me. <laughs> I'll do that whenever I can. So if I'm like in my house chilling or if I'm like doing something, but if I'm like out, I'll have them like attached to the the you know panel, the screen, and just do it that way. Because like I know it's like a giant Wii U like remote thing that way, but like it's fine. I like it that way. The Joy Cons feel fine. I think they're really nice offer on so for me it's like a nice 50 50 but like sedentary i take those suckers off and i just go crazy like when andy said like i'll be like on my bed like stretch my back out upside down playing the freaking switch you know like shit's real good like the joy cons are great like you just gotta experience them they're fun yeah so the game is the game seems to be pretty good and i'm i'm excited to get deeper one question i had i heard uh that you could fight ganondorf at the beginning of the game, if you wanted to. How do you do that? Yep, uh, once you get off the Great Plateau, I'm not sure if you've, like, finished the little tutorial it makes you do yet. Yeah. You can just, like, 
beeline right towards Hyrule Castle. Yeah, just and go. And if you survive, you can fight Ganondorf. Just go to the castle. That's like, cool. You've only got three hearts, and yeah, you've only got three hearts and probably no weapons that yeah. are worth having. And, but... and like it's you know Dark Souls mode times you know like like New Game Plus nine at that point you know that's what that's like. But hey, you can do it. It's possible. Just you go can the theoretically fuck. win too, right? Yeah, I yeah. I know people have done it. It's just like you got to be dedicated. <laughs> that's incredible. Yeah. Yeah, so at any given time, you know, you don't even need to do the Divine Beast that they're telling you to do. Like, you can just, like, go in, you know? You'll not get the buffs for them, and and it's it's really helpful and fun and parts of the story. But, you know, screw it. If you feel ballsy enough, just run into the castle and take him down. I love that. I'm not just doing that, but I love that. Wake up and run in without any, like, you, know, you have no shirt on and a stick, and you're dead. that's what you do. <laughs> <laughs> I did acquire a shirt. I'm not oh, okay. nude. I have a oh, shirt. Right. I've got some boots. So That's cool. I'm good. To De- go. Have you okay. have you run across any of the ancient like weapons? No, I, I mean I'm I'm pretty basically basic into it. I think I beat the first dungeon. Uh, so I got some some like item that lets you magnetically move around objects. Oh yeah, yeah. you get in like the gear. Like the, they give you a couple things. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So. So you're, you're fairly early on. I'd love to hear your, your progress on this, because uh, this is quite a journey. Yeah. I do have to warn you, mm-hmm. as someone who also played with the like the detached Joy-Cons, um, there's some of the little shrines where that makes it really hard to do, because it wants you to use motion controls based on like Link manipulating his iPad thing. Mm, yeah. And that's harder to do when you don't have a, a solid base for it. So just... Keep the the controller grip at hand for those moments. I guess that's kind of frustrating because you can't, at least to my knowledge, you can't play with the base and see it on the television, right? Well, you can't play it with the like the switch screen, no. But it did come with like a little controller grip, I think. At least mine did. Uh, where. Where you can just slot the Joy-Cons in, and it's got little handles on the back. It's basically just like a, a metal chunk in the center, and you put it on for like yeah. not using the whole Switch thing. So, like, I've never used, like, surprisingly, I've never used my Switch on my TV, right? Even in my own home. Like, I just never did it. So, I don't use that controller grip either. But if you wanted to have it on the TV, you'd have to use that controller grip. I see. Because <clears throat> okay. the, the, the screen would be on the dock then. Right. Okay, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Cool, well, I'll keep that in mind. Um, yeah, and, and I'll update you guys as I make significant progress. There's, there's so much fun to be had in that game. Like you said, you found like the leaf, you know, you burn it away. There's a million things like that. And they're just all unique, cool little tidbits that make the world feel so cool, you know? It's a great game, yeah, man. That's awesome. Yeah, it's, have you guys both beaten it? I yes. beat the shit out of that game. <laughs> yeah. I gotta go back and play Master Mode, though. Yeah, I've never done that. Awesome. What's different? Incredibly hard. Yeah, yeah. So like, there's levels like those moblins, right? The colors of them dictate how hard they are. So like the the I think the white ones have like the most health or whatever, and they like they can one shot you. So basically, like when you start master mode, it's like they put the hardest enemies there instead of the easy ones, and your shit breaks quicker. I think I don't know. It's just it's like the fu mode. (laughs) Like you beat it. Here, try this. (laughs) And like it puts a. A Lionel on the Great Plateau, which is insane. Oh, it's a super hard enemy that they put yeah. like in the starting zone. Ooh. It's like 
I don't know, like if you were playing an RPG, you'd be like, here's level 99, dude. Try that. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Yeah. Um, it's apparently a lot of fun, but also super hard. If you wanted to be Dark Souls Zelda edition. Oh, for real though. You can get armor in that game. And I didn't know that for like the first 10 hours I played. So I played that game just like dodging, like trying not to get hit ever. So I what the fuck? Yeah, so when I when I like found out there was armor that I could reduce my damage because I would die no matter what, even when I had like, you know, ten health, I was still getting like whomped. So I was like, oh my god, I can reduce damage? I had to play the game like so I I played the game on like hardcore mode for the first ten hours, right? So everything past that felt easy. <laughs> so if you if you handicap yourself when you start, uh the game will seem real easy later on. Words of advice. Awesome. I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> It's for every game, right? Yeah. Just don't give yourself all the abilities you need, and then, oh my god, the game opens up. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so, I'm not playing anything that I want to talk about right now, so that means it's time for the random question of the week! I prefer that one over Pete's. Yeah, I like that. That's pretty good. So, this question comes from me, inspired by the fact oh, that... No. I was at a friend's birthday party last night, and we played Super Smash Brothers Melee until four in the morning. That's wow. a great night. Yeah, it was. It was a lot of melee, which just got me thinking about Smash Brothers. And I wanted to ask you guys. They said that you know their focus in the roster for Smash Ultimate has been bringing back everyone, and they're not really going to add that many new fighters. We got the inkling, we got Ridley, and that might be it. But if it was up to you, Robert Thompson and Sean Bartley, and there was one fighter left to put in Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, who would you put? Hmm. Crash. Ooh. I'm like, Crash could be a lot of fun as a Smash character. I feel that Crash is the unsung uh, mascot character of gaming. And... I think Crash is overdue for an appearance in Smash. He was, I think, the number one, if not the number one, within the top three most requested characters for Smash Wii U. Uh, and he needs to, he needs to make an appearance in Smash. So, if it were up to me, he'd get it. I like that. Um, it would be super weird to be, you know, you go back to 1997 and say, hey, in, you know, 20 years, you're going to have Smash, Mar or Crash, Mario, and Sonic all fighting each other in the same game on a Nintendo. Yeah, man. <laughs> exactly. Jeez. This is a real, uh, this is a real tough one, man. There are a bajillion characters that I'd want to put in. Um, for even relevancy's sake, I, I can't, I can't think of one that, like, people would want besides me. Like, you know, I, I'd put, like, Alucard from, like, Symphony of Night in, you know? Like, I think that'd be fun. Uh, that would be cool. You know, but I don't know, like, no one's gonna, like, care, I don't think. So, you know, I'd do that. Um, that might be fun. You could use his spells and stuff, you know? Like, some of his, his B moves could be that shit. Like, uh, you know, uh, Dark Metamorphosis is the one where in the game you hit people that bleed, and, like, you hit zombies and shit, the blood heals you, so you could, like, preface some of his moves with some spell attacks beforehand. Um, yeah, I just think he'd have a fun kit to play with, you know? He'd, like, dashes in, like, mist form and shit. Um, but we've already got, like, Marthroy and, you know, every other, like, sword-wielding person, so yeah. I, I don't know if <laughs> that would be great. 
I mean, you know. I've heard lots of people asking for, like, a Belmont. Yeah, or, like, Would some, you be okay with that? Yeah, like, like some Castlevania. The classic Castlevania whip Yeah, like, going on. that's fine, man. Like, hell, dude, you could even put, like, a Belmont and then Dracula, too, later on, you know? Like, it's, it's like, crazy, like, DLC in two years, you know? Like, that would be fun, especially because the Castlevania show is going to season two in October, you know? So. Oh, oh yeah, I can't wait for that. Put, yeah, putting, putting a Belmont would be fine, too. Um, just anything from the series. Like, I know it's it's konami then they probably would need the money so like why not <laughs> yeah true uh for me personally i've really always wanted to see chrono from chrono trigger oh that would be game. fun yeah, that would be fun man yeah 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 uh, but like uh like you said about dracula there's already a billion sword characters and i really don't think we need another one <laughs> yeah it's uh it's a shame because there's so many Fire Emblem sword wielding people. No, but they're all great. They should all be in Smash. Yeah, I know you're going to say that, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, the cool thing about Smash, at least to me, when it comes to that, is that even though there are a lot of characters who have swords or have similar kits, it's still fun because they are who they are, you know? So if you like Fire Emblem, the difference between playing Marth and Roy is huge because it's Marth and it's Roy, you know? Uh, similarly, in Street Fighter, even though in prior Street Fighter games, Ryu and Ken play similarly, it's Ryu and Ken. It's not the same, you know, no matter what. So, when they announced that uh, Ryu was going to be DLC for Smash 4, I really thought there was going to be a... um, like, a Ken skin yeah. on some of his colors. Would you have been not happy if that happened because they're different even though they're similar or would that have been a cool way to get both of them in there i think that would have been a cool way to get them both in because you know it's dlc so they're not i don't i don't want to pay for ryu and ken separately right, given what you fair. just said so yeah that would have been cool all right so i think that's going to wrap it up for our random question of the week if you want to let us know who you want to see in smash uh you can email us at the video game pals at gmail.com gmail is not twitter and doesn't start with the app <laughs> If you want to let us know who you'd like to see in Smash, if you want to give us a random question of the week that you'd like answered, um, we'd love to hear your feedback. Email us, and if you're nice, we'll read it on the air. Um, also, before we get into the rest of the show, if you want to give us a follow on Twitter, at the Video Games Pals, uh, give us a like on your platform of choice. If you're on iTunes and you like what we do, uh, you can give us a rating. We're currently a five-star rating podcast over there, and that's really cool. If you're on YouTube, you can hit the subscribe button. That's the little bell so that when our videos go out, um, you get notifications sometimes if YouTube decides to work. We got some cool Pals plays going out all the time. Pete and Thompson do Let's Plays. I don't know what uh, you guys are up to these days. But I know they just did some really cool Detroit Become Human videos. Um, I'm really into those, so you should go check those out. And as always, if you like what we do, the best thing you can do that we'd really appreciate is uh, share our stuff with your with your Pals so they can become our Pals too. I think that's it. I don't usually do this part, but I think I got through it. And that means it's time for... The news! The news! We talking about the news! The news! The news! We talking about the news! <laughs> so, uh, it's another light news week this week because it's the end of July and not a lot is happening in the world of video games. But we got some pretty cool stories going on. Um, first, though, Nintendo is unsurprisingly making GameCube Switch controllers for... Smash. Yes! The, 
that are going to be separate than the GameCube controller adapter. So they're like USB controllers in the style of GameCube controllers. Um, and that you can get a Link one, a Mario one, or a Pikachu one. But the weird thing about these controllers, at least for my money, is that you can swap out the C-Stick to be the original GameCube C-Stick or a second, like, full analog uh, stick like most modern controllers have, as opposed to the C-Stick's, like, eight-directional thing. Huh. That's interesting. Yeah, I, like... I don't know who's going to want to take the time to switch those in and out. But if you if you look at the pictures of the controllers, it does look kind of weird to see a GameCube controller just with a second, like, gray left stick where the C-Stick's yeah, supposed to be. Yeah, that is weird. It's uh, interesting. Yeah. And I, I'm very curious as to how the game will register those inputs, because if it can go in eight directions, like you said... How will the C? How will it know when you're trying to do, let's say, um, in Smash, for example, uh, C stick up would be up smash, C stick right would be right smash. How will the game know if you go um, directional up and to the right, which right, yeah. one you're trying to do? I don't know. I'm like, I'm really interested. I think personally, I'm just gonna get the GameCube adapter and stick to my uh, original GameCube controllers. Still the best controller in gaming. Wow, that's a bold claim. Uh, it's probably wrong, but for Smash, it's definitely well, for, true. Okay, for Smash, sure. I mean, yes, if you didn't say that originally. <laughs> I didn't. Um, that's why it was a bold claim. It's it's yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. It's great. They're great controllers, don't get me wrong. Best ever? <laughs> I mean, look, there are people who play Smash without the GameCube controller. We don't associate with them, so... Exactly. That's exactly right. (laughs) I... The most embarrassing thing that's ever happened to me playing Smash is I went to, like, a local tournament. I knew I wasn't gonna, like, play, like, do great, because I'm not, like, a good competitive Smash player or anything. But some dude bodied me with a Wii Remote and a Nunchuck in a Project M doubles tournament, and that hurt. That's tough. That was Jeez. that was cold as ice. That is tough. Yeah. Fucking sensei over there with the... <laughs> he just had to school you once. He's like, this is the only way to play. <laughs> these controllers, though, these designs, I think are very cool. When I first saw these, I was so happy. Uh, the Mario one looks awesome. The Pikachu one, like, I want all of these, to be honest. Uh, I think these are fantastic. Uh, people were upset that they have uh, wires. I don't get that at all. If you um, if you know anything about fighting games, you want your controller to be wired because of input lag. So yep. they have to be wired. Um, and if you don't want your controller to be wired and that bothers you enough, then you should just use the Joy-Con. Because if you really don't care about input lag, then just use the Joy-Con. What does it matter? You're not going to win anyway. <laughs> I don't know. I know that's that's a really fair argument, man. Yeah, yeah. I think I agree with you on all that. Um, I I also think these are fucking beautiful, and like the wires are super long, so it's not like it gets in the way or like makes you sit right up close by your TV. They're like ten foot wires. Yeah, and it's like just. Go sit on your couch and then roll the wire up around the controller like a member of civilization. 
And a lot of the it's people haven't had to deal with wires. I guess they never grew up with them. Now, these are not officially being released by Nintendo, right? Let's see. I thought they were, because, oh, nope, they're being released by performance-designed products. Okay. Um, Which is, they had to have licensed it from Nintendo, because they've got the, like, you know, the Pikachu, Mario, Zelda stuff. Yeah. And so, like, on some level, this is Nintendo-approved, but I don't, don't think it's Nintendo-manufactured. I'll I'll be very interested to hear how these play because a lot of third party um controllers have weird problems. Uh I don't know if you guys have ever used any controllers like that, but they're oh, they yeah. can be janky. Granted, yeah, yeah. uh in the fighting game space it's very common to use arcade sticks. Those are made very, very well, but they're also very expensive. Uh so these seem to be uh, is there pricing on here? I could have sworn I saw pricing. I don't see any pricing in this uh, Polygon article that we'll link to down in the notes. Okay. Uh, well, if the if these are priced reasonably, and to me reasonably is about $30, uh, then I'll be interested to in see if they, if they run smoothly. Yeah, um, I'm with you on that. But again, they're nice looking. <laughs> I can't imagine spending more than thirty dollars on a third party wired controller. Especially when you're gonna need more than one. You know, it's not like yeah. you you're you're gonna wanna have your friends over and whatnot. Um, I don't have friends, I play serious Smash for glory online. <laughs> <laughs> he plays for respect and nothing else. Oh man. In more Nintendo controller news, um, they announced a left Joy-Con for the Switch that has a traditional D-pad rather than the the four buttons. Unfortunately, it only works in handheld mode because uh, the controller doesn't have Bluetooth or Nintendo's HD Rumble in it. I don't know why putting a, jo- a Joypad on it means, or a D-pad, sorry means you had to lose, you know, wireless functionality. But that's ridiculous. It just seems like a weird compromise, right? Yeah, yeah, you can have the Joy-Con you've been asking for, but you have to use it in the most frustrating way possible. I don't mind attaching it to the Switch, but not being able to take it off is what pisses me off about that. (laughs) Right, yeah, like... I play a lot of my Switch in handheld mode, but I also like to, you know, take the controllers out. That's part and... of what I like about the whole system, the whole package. And then you're just going to say, like, one of those steps, nah, only on the left. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's what's stupid. Yep. Oh, my God. All right, whatever. But um, they're they're releasing a Breath of the Wild and Mario Odyssey, like, version of these D-pad Joy-Cons. No, so you won't be as they... angry. And they do look pretty nice, um, but I'm more excited about the fact that there could be future uh, branded Joy-Cons than I am about this, because without the wireless, like, why even be a Joy-Con? Doesn't it feel like with Nintendo, it's very this or that sometimes? Like, yeah, you want this really cool thing? Awesome, we've got that, but you can't have this, you know? Like, why? 
Uh, because Nintendo, for all of the wonderful steps forward it's been making since the announcement and release of the Switch, like, can't do anything without also taking a step backwards. <sighs> but get no los dos, Nintendo. Yeah. Yeah. So, moving right along, our favorite game that finally became a game last year, PUBG, is opening <laughs> itself up to controversy again. <laughs> Oh, yeah. People are so mad at PUBG always, um, but they are char- They announced they're going to start charging for custom servers in the future. Um, right now, it's still free uh, if you want to like oh run God. some mods or tweak the game mode <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, but there's going to be a paywall, and Brendan Green, player unknown himself, defended that decision this week, saying, this is something I really feel the need to address. I was a modder for many years, and I didn't expect Arma to f- provide me with free servers to mod on, and it's the same with this. We can't provide people with free servers. There has to be a way to pay for servers through some sort of wall, either points, BP, or money. And I understand where they're coming from, because hosting servers isn't free, but they also haven't given players the ability to host their own servers. Like, um, Jedi Knight 2 still has a pretty active community because whoever made that game, I forget, put out the the server software and people still run their own servers. And now you have to pay PUBG. If PUBG decides to pull the plug, can't run your own server, PUBG's dead forever. Andy, uh, that's a great example, actually, because I also play Jedi Knight 2. <laughs> what don't and you play? I, it's amazing how many people still are on that. But... This is crazy, man. Like, you know, I I know it's it's PUBG and they you know, make money. I get that, but this this guy's always like getting himself into trouble, man. <laughs> like he's always yep. he's always just digging something up. He he doesn't need to putz with so much. I think. Um, yeah, like he also said about like in this same interview, he was like, "Yeah, no, we're gonna keep adding loot boxes because sales of a game can only last you so long." <sighs> Uh, look, I have not really made it my business to rail on PUBG over the last few months. Uh, it's simply not as fun when Peggy's not here. We also haven't really been talking about this game. Uh, but from what I understand, lots of people have dropped it in favor of Fortnite for several reasons. Uh, and I don't know that this is a, a bad move necessarily. I don't. Uh, having f- uh, custom servers has never been anything that I've cared about. So uh, it, it doesn't strike me. Like, I don't really understand why people care. But my point is not really about that. It's about the bad PR and the string of negativity surrounding this game. feels like whenever it comes up in our news, it's something bad. And again, you know, Fortnite, they can do no wrong right now. Whereas PUBG seems to be doing everything wrong. And I talked about that a year ago and said, eventually, people will stop playing your game. And at that point, I didn't even think it was a game. And now it seems as though people have stopped playing. Um, and people continue to stop playing. So, Yeah, like it's, it's definitely been steadily losing people for a while, and Fortnite just keeps getting bigger. Right. I, I gotta agree with you, Sean. The bad PR adds up. And when you keep, like, 
having these the, shooting yourself in the foot like this and just like kind of being an asshole about your game like it pushes people away yeah i i'm i don't think that they're in danger of not being able to like the game's not in danger of going under oh no right it's still huge but it's not the biggest game in the world anymore. right which is like maybe it's the number two biggest game in the world which is still pretty big uh but uh i guess i wonder at what point do they stop with the hubris and try to win people over again is it going to take a, a misstep from epic with Fortnite, in order for PUBG to be able to sway public opinion again uh and are they waiting for that or is it just a matter of Fortnite is an unstoppable train PUBG corp can't seem to do anything right and that game is just going to be sort of stagnant where it is and just lose players steadily it's a small combination of the two, honestly. Like, he's definitely ran the company down more than it needed to be. Like, the game has succeeded in levels beyond thought. But then every time this dude, like, does something, he's bringing it down. Uh, so, yeah, PUBG Corp feels like it can't do anything right. But eventually, you know, they're they're not going to fuck everything up all the time. Uh, right. They do make the game more stable over time, and there is improvements to it. Epic, on the other hand, hasn't had really any, like, bad you know, anything yet, but, um, you know, the fervor on, on that game might dwindle or it might keep going either way. It's, it's going to be a matter of if they can keep that going for them. If they start like really just putzing around too much and if they start messing things up, who knows, both games could start going low. You're like the battle royale craze itself could be on a downward slope and we don't see it yet because we don't know. Um, there's a million other games out like the calling two got announced. I know we didn't like really talk about it, but like this game came out, and it died in a day. So it's just like, I mean, it literally had no players after one day. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, no, it was like, it hit the market, it got sold. Within 24 hours, enough people were like, nah. And then just fucking, it died. Like, so, it's the fastest that ever happened. Like, the end result was that the team at the calling was like, yeah, we're going to revert the game back to its day one status after all the patches and after everything's done. Because that's what people had the most fun with. And that's what they like ended up doing after this entirely long time. So like you can see the meddling of it screwing with people's like enjoyment of it. People dropped it over time, right? They, they reverted back to day one. PUBG's got the same, like, like not the same exact problem, but the same, like, you know, mirroring, like he, there's always, there's always a tweak or something happening. Like with the, the Sandhook pass that happened last time. And before that was something else. Now this, it's like, it's not one thing that's going to break this game, man, but it's like 50 little things. Um, You know, given even another year from now, if if this hasn't changed, like the game could be in serious, like you know, trouble. Like I'm sure that there's going to always be players, and it's never going to like go away. But comparatively, it's going to have less people for sure. It's not going to have, you know, especially most of these things are just to get more money. You know, most of these updates are usually for like cash grabs, uh, and they're pretty Personally, they're pretty transparent. <laughs> Yeah, I'm personally really interested to see what happens to PUBG when Battlefield launches in October. Yeah, stuff like that like, too is gonna. PUBG's where you have to go right now if you want that like quasi-realism, you know, battle royale with real guns and bullet physics. And I, I'm confident betting a lot of money that Dice puts together a better like gunplay system than PUBG Corp. Yeah, and even if they don't, right? Like, even if the game isn't 
gonna like kill it right you and it's, and it's maybe it's not for us let's say right there's like the call of duty battle royale one which again maybe not for us but there's so many more like triple a companies and other companies like getting in on this that the market it's not like oversaturated yet but it's gonna draw people away even a little like even if one person says well that game's for me instead of PUBG," you know the players are gonna go down for those things and we haven't seen like the triple a like companies really drop their games yet so when that happens could could be shifting markets who knows yeah anything else on PUBG boys no he's lucky he's lucky uh, that he's gotten this far i think yeah (laughs) yeah i think he's really lucky Oh, well. So, this is a follow-up from a story we covered back in December, and it's a little more serious than Player Unknown is an asshole. But, um... <laughs> so, back in December, we reported on a story about uh, Quantic Dream and the, the expose that a bunch of French uh, media companies did into their work culture, alleging that it was horribly toxic and way inappropriate. And David Cage came out and said, this is slander. We would never be like that. And is now suing those French video game com- or those French media outlets. But um, this week they lost a lawsuit at Quantic Dream. Um, get Where a French court agreed with an employee who left that they were unfairly dismissed by the developer. Over some offensive photoshops that had been passed around of employees in the workplace where people at Quantic Dream would photoshop other employees' faces onto Nazi soldiers and nude porn stars. Whoa. Yeah. That's a jump. <laughs> yep. So so the employee in question uh, actually quit, but the French court has a mechanism whereby if... Uh, things are so bad at your workplace that you can like point to stuff and be like, this place was toxic and I had to leave. The French courts will treat you as if you had been fired. Wow. Yeah. So uh, this employee won a lawsuit saying that uh, even though they quit, they're now eligible for unemployment and to take a a wrongful termination suit forward against Quantic Dream. Hmm. Um, Because of these photoshops and stuff like that and i just wanted to follow up on that and say that like it looks now like this story that we said wow that's really bad if it's true has you know at least some degree of truth to it yeah that's really unfortunate man uh i i truly liked this the works that that the studios put out you know um yeah i know like you like just about everything they've done right yeah, I mean, I don't remember if there's anything before Indigo Prophecy, but I started there, and I've uh, and I retroactively now played Heavy Rain like four times over. So, um, well, you know, it's, it's a lot of rain. It's a lot of rain, man. It's, yeah, th- this story's raining on me too. It's not. It's not good to hear that whenever there's like shit like this going on. Yeah, I I think when we first talked about this, you know measured reactions because you don't know exactly what the truth is and stuff like that but when you hear that at least in one court uh it looks like they believed it happened that's not good that's not good at all and i don't really understand how this kind of thing is 
something, I mean, something that you would want to do, right? But we understand that human beings are shit. But beyond that, that this is something that hasn't come to light sooner and that they're even still operating. You know, I, I, I don't, I don't begrudge the people who work there making money for their product, but there are lots of other places to work, you know? And I understand, yeah. I understand being fearful about your job, but if you've got people photoshopping your head onto the body of a Nazi, like I'm out. <laughs> if if you're doing that to someone else in my presence, I'm not there anymore, you know? Yeah. And like, I don't know the the sense I kind of got from reading the article was like, oh, like maybe they're assholes, but it's like, I don't know in in tech, that's kind of expected that it's like when you get down to crunch, it's a high pressure industry, and like people are expected to work long hours to get the product to ship on time, and that's not ideal, but that's like an unfortunate reality of the industry. I didn't expect it to be this bad. Yeah, there's right. always workplace tensions in these companies, you know. Especially yeah. when they're dealing with like you know, like like Coin Dream doesn't make a million one games, so you know, what they make rides on the success of the company for the next time. Um, and those do or die things, like I just would expect a little bit of you know people being jerks, but I don't know on the range of yeah. like porn star to Nazi, like that's a scale that I have not like had to you know <laughs> like. You, really like that that's really interesting that they i wonder what happened in between you know what i mean like if that's what the two examples were there's gotta be other shit we don't know about well it's yeah, just I... it's just horrible like you go to work and imagine going to work and not knowing from day to day what the next you know offensive joke quote-unquote is gonna be that you have to deal with and live with because you want to feed your family yeah. Right, yeah. And especially if you're in video games in France, like there's not a ton of developers there. It's not a huge market. Yeah, you got Ubisoft and it's like you can go work for them. Yep. But they're probably full because they're already successful and they make you know, they they, they probably you know, unfortunately if one of these companies shuts down, not everyone's gonna keep working. Am I crazy though, or I, I thought Quantic Dream was in Canada. Why did I think that? Could be in Quebec? They're French, but could yeah. be Canada. Um, might... I actually don't know that. Let's see. Yeah, uh, according to Wikipedia, they're based in Paris. Okay. Well, there you go. Yeah. And is David Cage uh, uh, European? Yes. Yeah, he is. He's French. Okay. Cool. For sure. Yeah, his his actual name is David D. Grotola. Oh. <laughs> yeah, Dave, David Cage is a stage name, I guess you'd call it. I don't know. <laughs> That's interesting. People can do whatever they want, but whenever somebody has a stage name and they're not a wrestler or a musician, <laughs> that automatically rubs me the wrong way. <laughs> they're not a wrestler. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, we got The Rock. Okay, fine. That's, you know... <laughs> That's okay because he he you know he wrestles, but it's like that doesn't work. That doesn't work in a lot of other jobs. It's like (laughs) you see Rock at the bar, you know, today. Yeah, yeah. Oh, would you prefer it if he went by David the Cage Digratola? (laughs) Uh, It's a special move. That's his finisher. (laughs) 
<laughs> he gives you the cage. The cage. Yeah, it's just a litigation battle. Yeah, that that adds weird context to this somehow for me. <laughs> yeah. You guys think that that they're going to be able to continue releasing games? Do you think this is going to blow over? Do you feel like it's going to result in some some real shifts over there? I really don't know. Like, I think this was, the, you know, this all came out in, like, December and still blew over and Detroit was a success, right? Yeah. Enough, That's at least, true. yeah. And I don't know if it, losing these court cases, if it, it rubs more people the wrong way that they're suing newspapers for reporting on them in a negative light. Like, I I think it has potential, but I don't know if it will, because I don't know if it's got the kind of, like, it's not attached to one person the way a lot of the big scandals have been. It's like, it's a toxic culture throughout this whole office. Yeah. Which is, like, it's harder to get angry about that. It's not as tangible. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good point. This this is, like, like, par for the course with like the company having any controversy though like when i can't remember exactly what it was but there was something people were describing about detroit and he ended up david cage ended up taking like a demo to show people like no look we're not like uh besmirching anyone or something it was some some like thing about the game that people were upset about and he like went out of his way to point it out and like whether or not like the culture of that office and everything just like even if everyone leaves right i have a feeling that david cage is the kind of guy that can like just cliff could Cliffy B this whole thing up make some other game somewhere else you know like it doesn't seem to be the end of his career I don't think but there's a chance that this is like the end like starting to be the end of their company as a whole because as much money as they made they don't pump out a thousand games you know they make one really big one usually lots of money to make them with like lots of workers and stuff and if people don't want to work with this guy this company because they know it's a toxic culture good luck getting all the like mocap and stuff people in there you know good luck getting all that inner shit without having a lot of problems you know and and it just it 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 could signal some some bad shit for them um but i i don't know like enough about their company to like say further than that like if enough people leave though um it's really hard to just be like hey we got all this new talent let's do the same stuff again you know so it would be it might be better off just to like start again, you know. Start over even. It could go down that route. I have a quick question. Uh for for a developer like Quantum Dream, who only makes, you know, the one game every few years, how do they sustain themselves in the interim? They sell copies from the previous ones and they make enough on the initial sales to keep going, you know? I um I think that at least with something like Detroit where it was like the big Sony exclusive that they've been selling for 2 years I'm sure Sony put out a bunch of money up front to for get sure to release yeah for sure they definitely had help um yeah but if those companies don't want to be associated in the future then it's a lot harder you know I mean I'm not saying that this is going to lead there but you know, eventually, if there's if if the studio can't produce a game because there's not enough talent there anymore, enough people have left, Sony will say, "Well, looks like maybe they might have trouble, so maybe we won't put the money up." Unfortunately, though, I think I agree with Andy. Nothing's going to come of this. Probably not. There's a chance. Yeah. There's certainly a chance, but I highly doubt it's going to really shake things up in the long run. Yeah, I mean, I would have loved to hear like 
Quantic Dream looks inward and says, hey, we're going to, you know, whatever comes after Detroit, we're going to, like, backburner this while we fix our internal problems and not, how fucking dare you say we have internal problems, I'm going to sue you. <laughs> yeah. But I guess that's not the most realistic thing. <laughs> All right, so our last story this week that's going to take us into our meat and potatoes is we're grinding up the big old rumor mill for the next Xbox product. Uh, Microsoft announced at E3 a couple months ago that they've started to work on the next generation of Xboxes. They didn't announce anything more concrete than that. But we're starting to get some rumors about what that might look like. So a report from Therot.com says that they might be looking to launch two Xbox successors at the same time. Uh, the first one, which they're going to codename, or which the codename is apparently Scarlet for, will be a traditional console, you know, like the last generation, but beefier. It'll launch at a more traditional console launch price, like that five $600 price point. The second one, which is the much more interesting story for me here, is currently codenamed Scarlet Cloud and will launch at a much lower price point because it won't have nearly as much power under the hood and will run games exclusively through Microsoft's uh, instant game streaming service, something like a PS Now, which if um, I know Microsoft talked about, you know, getting this streaming service to where it needs to be before it can like really be viable at E3. But if if they get it down, I think that could be really cool. And if not, it almost certainly won't be worth the money because, like, streaming gameplay now is still an input lag nightmare. <laughs> yeah. It, so, so the con so you think the console is gonna just only do that and nothing else? Like, it won't even have a hard drive, or uh, will it even it'll have? It'll probably that? have a hard drive. This this report. Um, that we're going to link to down below uh, says that it's a, a lower powered device that will only run a portion of the game uh, to handle like your inputs and collision detection and stuff like that locally. Right. Okay. And output like the gra or offload the graphics processing to Microsoft's uh, <coughs> cloud service. Okay. Oh, well, right. That makes sense. But I like, I don't know if the technology's there, but I mean, for me personally, I would seriously consider checking that out if it launches at like two hundred dollars, promising a full console experience. You, I, I think the technology's there. Um, in like the three years or so that this might come out, because like I hope at least because like I don't think it's right there right now, but I think if you started working on this right now and actually put money into it. You could you you could put a two hundred dollar console that that would be able to do this, and um, the the two hundred dollars is not ridiculous to say because the you know video cards that are made today right are you know shit. I mean you can buy them for like you know some some going three thousand dollars, but I mean for something reasonable that would want to do this, you know, like in three years you could get the ones today for you know like a fraction of the cost, which would run the things you need to do. So if they really want to do this and they commit. I think this would work. Um, there's no half measures with this kind of thing, though. This is something like it's going to come out and it's going to work uh, because they sunk a ton of money into it, or it and like you know really really tested it. So like you said that they're working on like getting this cloud service working. Um, that is certainly the first step, regardless of the console working or not. You know, that's that's I don't know the state of that at all. 
you play the Microsoft games more than me. This is the second time that we've seen rumors of this ilk. Uh, we hadn't heard about the two consoles before, but we had heard right. about the cloud-based console. And at the time, I said that I didn't think that that was viable. And I still stand by that. Because, look, there are a lot of places in the U.S. where the internet is really bad. Like, really, really, really bad. And, uh, shoot, I have pretty good internet, but every now and then, that sucker sucks. And I just don't see how a console that, in in order to play on any level, you have to be online, will work. Because there are just lots of people whose internet is very poor all across the country. And you got to sell consoles. And they're not going to buy it if they know that every now and then they're not going to be able to play you know, Gears of War story mode because the the on, their online is just not working well. And then when you account for lag, like how does lag impact that? You know, uh, some people have internet, but it's laggy. You know, how does I don't I just don't see. I don't think we're in the place uh, in terms of our infrastructure to be able to make this work within even ten years. So like, well, oh. Andy, After you. Uh, like I agree on a lot of those points, Sean, but I, I really think that it, they're not looking to sell this primarily, like since that's why there's two of them, right? So they're looking to, even if even if 10% of the sales go to this, it's good because if they're trying to sell it at like say 200 bucks, right? The production cost for these should be really, really low, honestly. So they're kind of just there to like do it if you want it. Like I, I know there are people who have the, the infrastructure and the, the internet like, uh, you know, needed. To, to to do this like in some areas i'm not saying everyone has it and it's a small percentage but i think that they're just trying to offer it and possibly if that even works even even on the grander scale if they wait a couple of years maybe they're trying to incentivize um the other companies to work with them more maybe they're, they're trying to cut deals on the side we don't know about with like comcast you know or something to like hey buff this up and we can launch our consoles and this and you know, maybe you know companies trying to make lots of money and like in different ways and and i and i just see this as a it's a good avenue to to like help, I think. But I, I like I totally share like a ton of your concerns, man. Like I don't think it like my house has some of the best internet I've ever seen. Like, um, it's Comcast, but for some reason, uh, really fucking fast here. Um, but there are days where it just doesn't fucking work for like no reason, and that is insane. Like I have I have ridiculous speeds, but just the fact that it just stops sometimes. Like I'll just just like hey, why is it off? No reason. And you can't get an answer. Uh, and it's not every day, but, you know, once every couple of weeks. And it's annoying as all hell. So for that for that alone, you know, I'm like, I'm not doing that. But I do think for for like 200 bucks or something, man, um, somebody's out there willing to take the risk. You know, there's going to be some poor college kid who's like, screw it. You know, <laughs> like like I don't have the, the 400 for the other one. Maybe I'll get the 200. If, oh, yeah. If Especially they if that. they're living in like that college Internet life. Yeah, right. <laughs> Right. Hey, who knows? Maybe it'll work. Yeah, I think that's that's where I'm at, is I don't think that, you know, assuming all of this to be true, it's I don't think that they're intending this to be a replacement to to the full-fledged one. It's a more of an attempt to get 
uh, someone who wouldn't have otherwise bought the console to buy it. So, like, if you really want to play Gears of War, you know, and you want to play that story mode, get the full console so you, uh, so you know that, like, your rural internet isn't going to drop. If you are a PlayStation diehard, but there's one really cool-looking Xbox exclusive you mm. really want to play. That's a good point. It's it's easier to, you know, you know, three, four years down the line, pick up one of these at, you know, a way lower price point than to, like, buy the full-fledged Xbox Five or whatever at $400 to play one game. I think, yeah, that that is the one sort of caveat to this conversation. I... I definitely, I could see myself spending $200 down the road for an Xbox console to play whatever exclusives I missed out on in that life cycle. So if you told me right now that the Xbox, there was a version of the Xbox that was $200, uh, but was streaming only. And I could play, you know, all whatever games I've missed out on on the uh, Xbox One. I would very seriously consider that far more than I'm considering picking up a normal Xbox One right now. Yeah, and I think that's what they're going for. Especially, it's not coming out now, right? So, like, I think they're they're hoping to to really nail it when it comes out. And um, I think for them, any sale is a good sale on that respect, as long as you're getting your hands into the Microsoft ecosystem somehow, you know? Um, I think that's what they're going for, at least. It's it's certainly, like, new, you know? So it's definitely something that hasn't been done before, really. Oh, maybe yeah. maybe the Steam Box did that. I don't know. I never picked up one. <laughs> I don't think anybody picked up the Steam Box. <laughs> well, there you go. So, I mean, I, I could... Hey, I say it's, like, never been done before. There, there could be something. I don't know. Yeah, like, I, I know that if... If Sony had a like a working version of this at the end of the PS3 life cycle, I would have picked one up to play The Last of Us. There you go. And you should play The Last of Us right now. Take my copy. Like, come on. I don't have nothing to play on. Uh, borrow my PlayStation. I don't even care. Play it. It's great. <laughs> you just come up to Jersey, borrow your PlayStation. I'll drive it to you. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow, damn. It's a great game, man. It's dedication to getting other people to play a game. It's like my best favorite game ever. So play it. <laughs> um. But uh, so that's going to bring us into our meat and potatoes is do you think this this games as a streaming service model, like as an alternative, uh, not a replacement, has as legs as an idea? I know, Sean, you already kind of addressed that saying you don't think the infrastructure will be there for a while. But do you think this is something that someone like Sony should also look to explore based on you saying that? You know, at the at, like for the exclusives that you maybe missed out on on that console, uh, at two hundred dollars, it, it it's worth it to you. That is a great point, and I think that that's probably something that would sway a lot of consumers, despite the fact that there will be trouble when you can't play it online. So, to me, I don't think that it's something that. These de- these console developers should be working on for the next uh, generation, just because of the the problems with internet. But 
I wouldn't be totally surprised if they did. To me, the fact that we've already talked about this twice tells me that there's probably some truth to the rumors. That they've at least considered doing this. And because Microsoft has considered doing this, there's a pretty good chance that Sony's at least thought about it too. So, will they pull the trigger? I think Sony's less likely to do it than Microsoft is, at least in my opinion. Um, and I, I would much prefer to see Sony focus on just delivering the best singular console experience that they can. Keep in mind, they control the market right now. And for all intents and purposes, they probably will at least the start of the next console generation. Xbox, Microsoft could cover a lot of ground by releasing a $200 console. There's no question about that. If they release a $200 console that people believe in and and, and proof of concept, it works. Absolutely, people will buy that. I'll buy it. There's no question. But I will also buy a PlayStation 5. The real question is, will Xbox having two consoles on the market allow them to overtake Sony? And I think that there's a chance that it could help. Yeah, I think that uh, for what it's worth, this particular thing is a uh, a concept that I trust Microsoft to execute on way more than I trust Sony to. I would agree with that. Like, like Sony's network services have always been yep. iffy at best. Yeah. I know last night all of Europe w- lost PSN for six hours. Whoa. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and they've, they fixed it now, but they like, they shut it down early or too early in advance of like maintenance they were planning on doing, but yeah. Um, Microsoft, at least Xbox live has always been sort of really solid in my experience. Yeah. I remember like joking about when we were younger and when it would be down, it would be like, but it's never down. How is it down? You know, like it's like a crisis when it would go down. Because uh, yeah. it like never went down, and you know they didn't have giant, massive like losses of consumer data. <laughs> yeah, there's also that to hackers and like Sony's digital, uh, the, the way they handle anything at this point with digital stuff. You know, like even the Fortnite accounts and all that crap. You know, it's just like little things like that. I would trust Microsoft more to execute this for sure. Right. <clears throat> you know, and, all, and, and think- con- uh, building PCs and stuff too you know i mean they, they they understand this interconnectivity very well and cloud computing too and, and that's if they're especially you know they, they practically made that so um it, it just seems I think right that, yeah yeah i think that speaks to just about like what microsoft and sony are as larger companies where microsoft has always been sort of a a pioneer in like computer technology services whereas sony is a computer or a consumer electronics company right like microsoft doesn't make tvs they make cloud services and sony makes like tvs and stereos yeah that's why they have the playstation view service and and you know it just speaks to them as their nature right it's just what they've been and what they were before the playstation the interesting thing for me too is if this picks up steam in like the next say like you know year I think that would be about as much time as someone could get out of it. But like maybe like a year, or even in a two-year span, if Nintendo picks up on this and wants to do something like it, because 
you know, eventually we're going to, like, they always release the million DSs and 3DSs and, you know, versions of things. Right, yeah. There's going to be an upgraded Switch, you know, to to the point where maybe they'll say, hey, what if we released a, a, an online Switch, like, only, you know? Uh, that, that would be interesting if they ever did that. I don't know. I don't think they're ready for that kind of shit, though. I don't think they could. It would be interesting to see if Nintendo rolled out <clears throat> some kind of service where it's like, hey, we know that, like, the Switch maxes out at 1080p. And like 4K is the thing now, um. So we're like adding this service to the Switch where you can pay an extra five dollars a month or whatever, and we'll like stream to get your Switch outputting to ten or to 4K over the internet. I don't know if that's possible at a tech level. But I don't know. Really cool. <laughs> um, I think it's interesting to think like you know they they might react to this, but Nintendo's never been one to you know they they kind of do their own thing. Um, but, but if it's a good idea and, and, and they, you know, it's, we don't know how much also the switch is going to take into the market in the next three years, you know, um, yep. between the balance of them, we know Microsoft isn't doing great hundred percent, you know, like, not like they're doing terrible, right. but PlayStation sold a jillion. So, uh, in the next three years, if, if the switch, you know, has an egregious amount of sales, maybe this will impact Microsoft strategy more, which will change something about this or, we, you know, uh, where this goes is really interesting because you do have what I think is a great idea that could be really something really cool uh, that could get destroyed like a hundred ways over. So, <laughs> I think with Nintendo, they probably wouldn't want to jump into the fray with something probably like not. this. Uh, their console is more affordable as it is, and uh, this is this is, sounds like to me something you do as a more affordable option to the powerhouses. Uh, and Nintendo, you know, they're always marching to the beat of their own drum. They don't yeah. really seem to be the ones to want to copy or whatever. Um, they're also afraid of the internet. And yeah, that you too, know, there is, oh I forgot goodness. the internet thing that they're afraid of. Just like this yeah. ghost in there that they don't want to deal with. <laughs> That's a ghost. Did Nintendo watch Ghost in the Machine and think it was a documentary? Oh, that? They, they made ghost stories, the worst anime ever. Uh, yeah, I forgot about that part. So I was just, it was just like food for thought, but uh, it would be interesting if they ever integrated the Switch somehow into into one of these services. I think because I feel like it's easier for them to jump off of that. You know, they've already got something that's affordable. You know what I mean? They've got the box. It's not like the Atari VCS just comes out of nowhere and says, "Hey, we're gonna do the streaming services too." Like, oh god! Granted, they said they're gonna do basically everything that Microsoft said they're gonna do, and so like. I don't know if, if anyone believes them, but Microsoft's tipping their hat to say they're going to do it, so I believe them, you know? I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm i more likely to trust Microsoft on this than Atari. No disrespect to the Atari VCS. <laughs> I'm just saying, dude, they, they pretty much promised the same thing, so, you know, it's all interconnected and blah, 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 and it'll make popcorn for you. I wish. That's oh, my God. That's what they said. Yeah, if I could get a popcorn attachment, like a popcorn Joy-Con for my Switch, that'd be where it's at. It's DLC, but, you know. Uh, so I think that's going to wrap it up for us here, unless you guys have final thoughts on the idea of a, a streaming Xbox. Uh, I, th I, think, I, I think I've said my piece. Uh, I don't think we're ready, but uh, I definitely believe that they're at least considering it and that there's a chance that this is on the horizon. Yeah, um, if they make one, this will probably be the biggest reason for me to actually jump in to an Xbox. So, 
Um, I kind of, I kind of want one because that way I could not spend, you know, an uh, absurd amount of money and just play some games I missed. Yeah. So I'm, I'm hoping it works out because I think it's a cool idea. I'd love to be able to pick up a budget console that played like a big boy, as it were. Um, but I think that's going to wrap it up for us here on episode 65 of the Video Games Pals. Um, if you want to... God, I hate doing this part. <laughs> you want me to help yeah, you out? Yeah, if you wouldn't mind. Not a problem. I love that, Sean. So if you want to talk to us about what you think of a potential streaming console, whether it's from Xbox or Sony or even or whether it's from Microsoft or Sony or even Nintendo. It's then you can <laughs> or, or, or Atari. <laughs> Can't count them out, man. They're still cooking. <laughs> The Atari VCS stands for Very Cool Streaming. (laughs) Very cool. Uh, There are a bunch of ways that you can reach out to us. We are on Apple Podcasts and all other streaming services. Um, We are also on social media, at the Comics Pals, wherever your social media is sold. If you want to write in with a random question of the week, a buy or sell, or conversation about this or any other episode of the of the Video Game Pals, you can do so by writing in at thevideogamepals at gmail.com. And last but not least, if you are checking us out on YouTube, then be sure to leave us a like, drop us a comment, share this video with your friends, and make sure to subscribe to our channel. It's free to do, and it helps us out a lot more than it costs you. So head over there and hit that subscribe button and that notification bell so that you get notified when we put our stuff up. Because why wouldn't you want to know when we drop our content? Plug time. (laughs) All right. So uh, if you want to check out uh, any of our stuff individually, uh, Thompson, why don't you tell the people where they can find you on their social medias? Uh, you can find me at Relic Vampire on Twitter because I am an edge lord or an edge marquee. But please upgrade me to the edge duke or edge viscount. Um, there's a whole post about like the nobility of it, but you know, uh, but it makes sense in the long run. So I post like dumb shit about games and memes and stuff. And uh, um, if you want to see more of that, you know where to find me. Uh, also, I I do pals play with Pete, who hasn't been here in two weeks. Um, I hope you guys let him know at loud underscore Pete. That he should get back on his show and host it, because um <laughs> we're getting Andy to host it and uh great what I like am it. I not good enough for you no I like it and I don't think we should do this too much because I we might we might fall into a rhythm here and uh you know <laughs> what if you usurped him one day like you know like the power is yours Sith you know run through your blood a little but hey you know at Larry Mosquito Pete for pals play with me and him I have no idea what we're doing this week again cool Sean how about you. So, uh, if you want more from me, you can listen to the Comics Pals, which post the day before this. This week, we talked about the second half of our San Diego Comic-Con coverage. So, we covered everything from Saturday to Sunday. Uh, There was a lot to talk about on that front, including the trailers for Aquaman and Shazam. Uh, And, of course, we reviewed Doomsday Clock number 6, Doomsday Clock being... One of the best comic books on the stands right now. Uh, and we had a lot to say about that uh, particular comic book as well. So you can listen to that. And then if you want me on social media, I am at Sean Soapbox on Twitter and Instagram. So I don't want to get too much into the the uh, podcast crossover. 
but I thought that Shazam trailer looked fucking awesome. I figured you would. Uh, I I liked it as well. It's really cool, and uh, I thought it was really funny. Yeah, I'm I'm pumped for Zachary Levi as Captain Marvel, right? Captain Marvel, yeah. Although it's yeah. you're not supposed to call him that anymore. <laughs> That's who he is, but it's yeah, yeah, uh, whatever. Um, and if you want to reach out to Sean on Twitter, I personally would really appreciate it if you asked him his feelings about pirates. He loves that shit. <laughs> I really Just don't. At him with your pirate thoughts, and if you want to find me, I'd also love your pirate thoughts, but not ironically. I'm on Twitter at tiger underscore millions. Always down to talk about video games, uh, the news, how it all makes you feel, movies, whatever. Um, so yeah, that's going to do it. Thanks for listening to episode 65 of the Video Game Files. Take care, guys. Peace.